Welcome back to Coey's Questions, where we explore life and current events in a real person kind of way. The headline's a little what the mixed in. So glad y'all tuned in to hang out with us again this week. Hey Jay, are you ready to talk about dark tourism? Am I ever? I've learned a lot about a thing that I didn't know existed, so yeah. I took a poll on Instagram yesterday to see how many people have heard of dark tourism before. And let me just look and see. I don't know the percentage right now. I'm guessing pretty low numbers because I didn't know it was a thing. Um, 62% of the people we polled said, um, what? While 38% of people said they sure have heard of dark tourism. Okay, good, good. It's not just me. So I'm definitely part of that 62% that until you brought this up, I was like, what? Well, I don't even remember where I saw the dark tourism stuff, but I was like, okay. I need to, I have questions. I need to know what this is. I knew people went to these places, but I didn't know there was a term for it. Like it was a thing. I thought people just like, yeah, I'm going to this place. Okay. You went to that place. Not, I do this for dark tourism. Like I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) What? What do you mean? What? I mean, I don't even understand the sentence you just said. Okay. Let me allow me to rephrase. I knew people went to the places that are considered like dark tourism destinations, but I didn't know that dark tourism was a thing where you only went to these places. Well, I don't think that it's necessarily you only went to those places, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. All right, because sometimes these people sound like they exclusively only do dark tourism. And now for the WTF News of the Week. A bald eagle in Michigan attacked the state's $950 drone. A drone in Michigan was being flown to document the erosion damage of the shoreline in the UP when a bald eagle ripped off a propeller, causing the drone to fall into Lake Michigan. The eagle appeared uninjured as it flew away after defending the freedom of the sky above the Great Lake. America. I can't think of a more American story right now. That is great. You want to fly this drone above my way? <laughs> not today. Oh, that is great. I'm not even mad. I'm not even a little bit mad. That is that's hilarious. Nine hundred fifty dollars to have a wild eagle just take it out. And a man in a Facebook group dedicated to pointing loaded guns at one's crotch has shot himself in the junk. A man in San Diego and member of the loaded guns pointed at penises group actually accidentally shot himself with his 1911 it wasn't a graze either full entry and exit wound he is now apparently an admin of the group and their hero okay i have so many questions as to what the hell is happening here (laughs) okay so one anyone who has i would say any common sense or ever been to any kind of weapons class you don't point loaded guns at anything you don't intend to shoot destroy actually is the word anything you don't intend to destroy well, I, I think I've heard kill in most of the places I've been. But either way, if I don't intend for a round to exit my weapon and make contact with whatever's on the business end of that rifle, handgun, machine gun, shotgun, I don't know, 
musket. Why would you have this pointed at your penis? I'm just saying anything with gunpowder and metal involved probably shouldn't be pointing at your genitalia. Um, There's a whole group for it on Facebook. I was going to say, and there's more than one person doing this who put a round through his penis and apparently is now a hero. I may need you to investigate this group and let us know next time a little bit more about them. And now for the major topic of the week, dark tourism. So, like I said, I'm not even sure exactly how dark tourism came up, (laughs) what brought it to my attention. But as soon as I heard the the term, I had so many questions. The very first one was, what exactly is dark tourism and why is it called that? This is one of the only topics, y'all, like, for real, that I have ever been a little bit nervous about when I started Googling it for the first time. I mean, it's just doing tourism at night, right? (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) I do think it's kind of crazy, and I didn't realize, I don't know, how widespread. Like, when you brought it up to me, I was like, okay, cool. It's a subreddit for goth people who are like, I'm going to go look at graveyards. I didn't even find this one on Reddit. Thank you very much. I know, but it definitely sounds like something you find, like, on Reddit, which I think is, like, half a step away from being the dark web but you know <laughs> crazy stuff on reddit <laughs> what there is judge me on the beginning i thought it was a lot more of like a i'm 14 going through a phase and i'm gonna show them by going to a graveyard and like lighting candles and like that's what like the first thing i touched was like okay this is just people kind of like the world is dark and tourism. Ugh, you can go to these places. And then it turned out to be a lot more, uh, oh shit, these people are serious kind of thing. Like, So dark tourism, by definition, tourism involving travel to places historically associated with death and tragedy. <laughs> right. And as you can imagine, there are different categories of dark tourism and different levels of darkness. There's actually a website that has a lot of the sites with a darkometer. I linked it in our extended show notes on our website, koisquestions.com slash dark tourism. Some places I was actually surprised to see on the list because they seem like pretty typical tourist attractions, not necessarily your emo goth basement, juicy juice drinking kind of people. Out of a plastic skull. Don't leave that part out. <laughs> Somewhere I just really pissed off a 13-year-old. All right, so for our first category, dead on display. And that sounds so creepy when you hear it like that. But when you hear the sights of like the catacombs in Paris or Pompeii in Italy, then you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's not so creepy, I guess. And then you think about it and you're like, no, yeah, yeah, that is creepy. Have you seen pictures of the catacombs? Like, we're talking about the one like under Notre Dame, right? I have. Walls of skulls? Hmm. And actually, there's a fun fact about, for our fun facts today, about the catacombs. So make sure you listen all the way through the episode for that one. But then there's also extra kind of creepy ones with the dead on display, like the Museum of Death in Los Angeles. Oh, and I thought that was Louisiana. That would have been a lot more creepy. Just saying, hey, Cajun's got a whole different look on life. Yeah, so those are just some of the destinations that I found when I was looking under that 
category and in the top 10 most visited by popularity for the destinations the catacombs is actually number eight and pompeii is number five the museum of death website's even creepy but i can get a sweet t-shirt oh my goodness Oh, they've got a bunch of serial killers on it. That's what I'm talking about. You, I, it worries me how much you've been obsessed with serial killers since we've been talking about this dark tourism. Uh, don't worry about me. Worry about all the house moms who have watched every single Netflix, Hulu, whatever other streaming service, how to catch a serial killer FBI show for like the last seven months while drinking eight bottles of wine. They're now experts in killing people. I feel That's personally unique. attacked. You feel personally attacked? <laughs> I feel personally attacked. I mean, I'm not a house mom, you but should. everything else there. <laughs> <laughs> I drink wine. Oh, if, if you know what, by episode three, you're like, well, I would have done it this way and I would have got away with it. Okay, time out. You have a problem. <laughs> if you've okay. already learned the 15 different ways to get away from it and how to do it better than the serial killer, you're only one spilled juicy juice from killing somebody and getting away with it. Serial killer. Reason number 765 that I have no children right there. Because <laughs> you would murder them? Because you just said one <laughs> spilled apple juice away from going on a spree. All right, just for the listeners out there, if I ever go missing, you know who did it. All right, so, well, you're like one of three. Top five, top five of my murder for sure. I was going to say you um, have two ex-wives, Jay. Well, I wasn't going to say it like that, but yes, of, yes, I do. I do. And I'm sure they both want nothing but the best for me. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> there's a few others out there that probably want the best for me too uh the best wood chipper anyway all right so number two on our list cemeteries graves and mausoleums and when i first saw that i was like who in the heck wants to go to a cemetery why would you do that why would you take a trip to go to some sort of grave or mausoleum or anything and then (laughs) then i saw the number four rated by popularity destination which i have been to multiple times and i was like oh okay so the uss arizona and pearl harbor site is one of these destinations so is pablo escobar's grave in columbia the 9-11 memorial in new york which is the number one site by popularity and arlington national cemetery which is number seven so pablo escobar's grave i definitely think is a tourist trap but I don't feel like people are going to the USS Arizona to see dead people. I think it's more of the historical significance of like, this happened. This is why it's important. Exactly. And that's what the thing with dark tourism is. It's not, oh, I want to go see dead people. Oh, it's freaky stuff. It's being into the history of it, seeing why things happen, how things happen, seeing it so you can understand it better. It's not necessarily just, oh, I just like death. Yeah, and then like going to Arlington National Cemetery, I feel like people go there to visit relatives, kind of like paying respects kind of thing. But that's not a vacation. That's not a tourism thing. That's different. I'm talking about people who go 
and it's part of a vacation and part of right, their tourism. Right, and I get there's historical significance at Arlington and these other places, but like, I just wonder, like, are people going to the 9-11 memorial site in New York for the same reasons they're going to see Pablo Escobar's grave? Like, what do you think the reason? What do you think the reason is that they go to Pablo Escobar's grave? Probably to score cheap cocaine and talk about the good old days when you could just traffic it in the states. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't go to his grave to get cocaine. I'm sure there's plenty of other places in Colombia. Yeah, that but go you can't that. get it in a memorial Pablo Escobar bag. Ugh. Marketing people. Um, this cocaine from Pablo Escobar. Okay, so let's not be a smartass. Let's not be a smartass for a second and actually explain to me what you're talking about by different reasons because I don't understand no, I what feel you're like saying. Pablo Escobar's grave is probably much more so a tourist destination as opposed to the other three in this list that are more so this changed the course of history somewhere. Um, well, you don't think that Pablo Escobar dying didn't change the course of history in Colombia? I mean, according to the documentary I watched about it, it, a lot of people are making money off of it and it's keeping the town alive. Okay, but what about the fact of... But do you know what I mean? Like comparing drug trafficking to Pearl Harbor seems like kind of a stretch for me. But how is it comparing them? You're not comparing oh, them Oh, I'm all. just saying, like, Pablo Escobar's... His death and tragedy was probably a lot of cartel fighting and a lot of, like, you ratted on me to the cops so I murdered your family as opposed to, like, Pearl Harbor. We were ambushed by the Japanese Navy, and then that was our entrance into World War II. Or, or, bear with me here, he was a narco-terrorist, right? Okay. He's big in criminal history, and he made a lot of people's lives very difficult because of him trying to do his things. So with him no longer being living, there are some people that are maybe in a little bit safer situation. So that did change the course of history. Oh, absolutely. That he is no longer being that drug lord narco-terrorist with that cartel. Okay, I see where we're going with this. Right. So it's not a, oh, ha, ha, this is cool kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure some people are like that. But other people that are big into history, especially somebody who's big into different kinds of narco-terrorism, they like to learn about it. They want to understand it so that that way they can help make a difference in the world where it's no longer a problem. They would maybe be more interested in a site like that, whereas people who are interested in U.S. military history or, you know, World War history would be more interested in seeing what happened at Pearl Harbor and learning about that so that they can learn how to prevent situations like that in the future as well. Okay, I'm following you. People who are more history buffs and whatever the niche is and not so much, I'm here to see dead people. Yeah, so because originally I thought the same thing as you with dark tourism, that it was kind of weird. And the more I looked into it and the more sites that I realized I have been to and the things that I have looked at, there's a lot more to it than just the death. There's all the history surrounding the death. And that just happens to be the kind of location that they would pick because of it. Okay. I'm following you. More more historians than goths kind of thing. Like Yeah. There for the knowledge of it and not the doom and gloom. Correct. See now I want to find someone who's like a dark dark tourist. Like I'm I'm there for the doom and gloom. Um, I will 
continue to look. I have been looking for guests of dark tourism kind of stuff to have later on on the podcast. We have a quite the list of guests coming up, but I've been looking for that. I did find a tour guide that I sent a message to at one of these destinations. So we'll see if she responds. She might be a guest, but I can look and see if we can find some more dark tourism guests. And if anybody listening knows people who are strictly dark tourists that you think would be a great guest, please have them send us an email. You know, listening to this podcast does not count as dark tourism. All right. So coming in at number three, in no particular order. I was going to say, I definitely didn't put those in order. (laughs) I know. It doesn't build the suspense. Murder and assassination sites. See, I think this is where some people maybe get a little less historical in the situation and a little more like... Yeah. Weird, for lack of a better term. But there's the Sixth Floor Museum in Dallas. Which, why have they not torn that building down? Because it's a museum. Yeah, I'm just surprised like in 1965 someone was like, no, we'll build it again. Knowing that at some point that was going to happen. But like, I don't know, it's just one of those weird things. Why would you make it a monument? But it's not a monument. That's the thing. Okay, and I'm sorry, not saying monument, but like, why would you preserve an assassination site? Like, it just seems kind of strange to me. Had his last whatever, this is where he met his end, but why would you preserve the actual place where the gunman was? Well, I mean, you can't just go in and tear something down just because something bad happened there, or there would be a lot of places that had nothing. You can't necessarily do that. But a public presidential assassination? But I mean, why would you, what did the building do? So the owners of the building, why do they deserve to have their building torn down? Probably at their expense because somebody did something bad there. See, but you're saying bad. Like, I don't know what could be much worse domestically than assassinating a president. Okay, so say, say you have a building in a city and somebody goes in there and kills somebody. Does the building need to be torn down probably at your expense because of that? Was the person the president of the United States? Sure. Yeah, you know, like at least close it off, but making a museum out of it seems kind of strange. I don't know. Well, the museum, if you look, is actually a museum of John F. Kennedy's life. Ah, way to flip the script. It's not like, oh, hey, he sat right here. Oh, hey, this happened. It's not like that. It's actually the John F. Kennedy and the Memory of a Nation exhibit. Now that you're saying this, I'm almost wondering if I've been there. (laughs) Oh, jfk.org. But, I mean, I've eaten at the restaurant that was the last restaurant that he ate at. And I understand that he did not know that was going to be his last meal, but it was not last meal worthy. I'll tell you that right now. Savage. I'm just being honest. It's probably wings or burgers or something. No, it was, I don't even remember. That's how good it wasn't. Like, it was just average. That's how good it wasn't. I never yes. heard that. <laughs> so, uh, that's how good it wasn't. Along with the Sixth Floor Museum, there's the Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C. And I think that one has actually been closed now. Like, permanently closed? Yeah, so the museum closed in 2015 and is now operated as Alcatraz East, a museum in Pigeon Forge, I guess, is what its Wikipedia just told me. But it used to be a privately owned museum dedicated to the history of criminology. So they moved it out of D.C. and then put it in Tennessee. I guess. That's what Wikipedia told me. I don't know, and I just did a quick little check on that. And another... Mm -hmm. Um, site in this category is the Stalin Museum in Russia. 
can only imagine what's in that one. Well, Jay, if you did your research like I tell you to every single week, <laughs> you would already know the answers to this. No, I'm just like, I have a feeling there's some very dark things in there that you'd have to like go there to see. Well, it's in, it's in Stalin's hometown, and it has three sections. It's all like in the town central just how much dark stuff square, I guess. But it has Stalin's house, like um. I don't know if it's a recreation of it or something like that. Then the museum and then his railway carriage as well. No, I want to go there. Well, it's in Russia. So those would be the top three that I found. There's several other places that fit in this category too, but those were the top three ones that I found for the murder and assassination sites category. There's a lot of other things near his house too. Apparently he's... Facebook famous. I think he's a bit more than Facebook famous. Yeah, yeah. I think he's world atrocity famous. But, you know, we'll get to that later. So, coming in on number four of our list, suicide sites. And this is where it gets really kind of freaky. So, I got a little nervous when I started looking into this because I was like, I don't know what kind of pictures I'm going to pull up. I don't know what is going to happen. With I don't even want to know. But... There was one that I thought was kind of cool. It's the former Japanese Navy underground headquarters in Okinawa, where I guess at the end of the war, a bunch of people killed themselves because they learned they lost. That's, uh, that's pretty sad. I mean, it is sad, but I would like to see that place. I'm a big fan of all things underground. Underground? So like you like going into caves and things or just... Like, cool stuff. Like, so hidden rooms, like, cities under cities, tunnels, things like that. Hmm. Another one that is maybe not necessarily dark but can fall on the dark tourism list is the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco because it is one of the top suicide destinations in the world. Why? Because people jump off of it to kill themselves. Well, no, I understand the suicide part. I, no, I got the physics of it. I'm just saying, why would you travel to that bridge to do it? And on a side note, engineering people of San Francisco slash the state of California, why have you not like built wire guides along the edge of that bridge to force it to where you cannot get to the water from the bridge? Can't answer that one for you. Maybe we'll have somebody listen in and let us know. Um, another one of the big ones that I can understand why people would want to go there is Jonestown. Now. Like drink the Kool-Aid okay, Jonestown. Okay, I was making sure that was the one we were talking about. Mm-hmm. That was the, that was the um, meteor, right? If I'm right. The meteor was coming and then they held a drink the Kool-Aid and if they drank the Kool-Aid, it put them up onto the meteor and then they would ride it to space. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the, that's the joke. First of all, fun fact, it wasn't fun fact. It actually wasn't Kool-Aid. It was flavor aid. They had, they had the knockoff brand. Oh, that's why they didn't make the meteor. They didn't use the real Kool-Aid. And it also fun fact started in Indianapolis. Wait, what? So this the the people's temple, the cult, the people's temple that Jim Jones started and everything was formed in Indianapolis. How did they end up in Georgetown? Um, Well, I don't know that they ever went to Georgetown, but they ended up in Jonestown, 
in Guyana. They, I guess they moved from Indiana, then they moved to San Francisco, and then they moved to Guyana. Um, that's a hell of a change there. Do they have better Kool Aid there? I don't. I don't understand. Like the draw. I think that they may have been. They may have been like running. Wait, you mean creating a cult and causing a mass suicide is illegal in America? <gasps> freedom is kind of a big thing here. Well, then you would have the freedom to start a cult, would you not? Uh, Actually, so the religious activities of cults are protected under the First Amendment. That's what? <laughs> and then there is also the suicide forest in Japan. You said suicide force, and I'm seeing a very long A letter that is not. Well, as cool as I am, I do not speak suicide, Japanese, and I do not Japanese. know how to say that, so I do not want to butcher it terribly, but it is also known as the suicide forest, but that is not Japanese for suicide. That's the name of the actual forest. And there have been annual body searches every year since 1970. But anyway, suicide is bad. Don't do that. You're awesome people. You just want that way of your life to stop. You don't want your actual life to stop. So don't do it. I feel like the show notes are going to have some suicide hotlines and things in them, just in case. There absolutely will be. Dark tourism is bringing the dark tourists, and some of them are having a little trouble. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's lots of ways to get help, and there will be some links in the show notes just in case. I like that. I like that. So moving on to category for number five. Atrocities, maskers, terrorism. So these get very broad in this category. So there are the killing fields in Cambodia. Then there is the Military History Museum in Dresden, Germany. There's actually a lot in that entire town. There was a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, fair enough. So Dresden, following kind of the military history side of things, like, was the first time that the Allies had ever just bombed a city that had more civilian than military targets to it. And the goal there was basically to get the German people to force the surrender of like the Third Reich. So by firebombing this entire town and burning it to rubble, in a sense, like very, very bad things. And there were talks of trying people for war crimes over it at the end, and Germans were pretty pissed about it, obviously. But yeah, definitely not a shining moment in the Allies' uh, war campaign there. Yeah. And then there is the Atrocities Museum in North Korea. And it is a very anti-American museum. Wait, so something in North Korea is anti-American? Okay, well, I'm not being a smartass. I'm just telling you honestly. So... So I, I'm curious. So with that, is it very much so like American ally atrocities against the North Koreans or is it? Well, the actual full name of it is the Museum of American War Atrocities. Really? Yes. That sounds very propaganda. Well, it is North Korea. And then there's also Wounded Knee, South Dakota is the last one we have on this list. I think I've been through Wounded Knee, actually. And isn't that the one that is the reason that 
army and Marine Corps chevrons have to be upside down? That I don't know. I have not heard that. Um, they're upside down out of shame for the what they did to Indians. I don't know if it is actually that massacre or not, but they're upside down out of shame. And that's why the Air Force are not upside down, because they did not exist at that time. Really? I, I am definitely interested to know about that. I had never heard that. Man, people are crazy for going to some of these places, like, just as a tourist. Why is that crazy? Don't you think that history is an important thing to be noticed and learned about? Going there for the historical part? Yeah, but if you're just going there... So how do you know that they're not going for the historical part? Why else would you go to Wounded Knee or the Military History Museum or anything? Why would you be going there if it wasn't for history and to see what happened? Well, personally, if I went there, it would definitely be for the historical aspect, kind of like the learn your history so you don't do the same things again, especially when we're talking like... So you're not doomed to repeat it? Right, but if you're going there just to be like, ah, so many people were dead here, it's like, okay, you you, you talk to somebody. What I'm confused about is why you think people go because people died there. Isn't that kind of the whole thing? Why do you think that's the reason? Some of these people are going there just because of the death and the terrible things that happened? And all the research I did, that wasn't anything to do with it at all. It wasn't because of the death. It's just called dark tourism because it is the darker side of history. Okay, okay. So we're moving back to historian away from Gothkid. All right, I'm in. You've won me over. All right, so coming in at number six on our list, executions. So this one has the Torture Museum in Vienna, Austria, the KGB Cells Museum in Estonia, and the Colosseum in Rome. So a torture museum definitely sounds like executions. KGB cells, okay, yeah, that's pretty obvious to make that one. But the Colosseum for executions? Um, I'm sorry, do you not realize what happened in the Colosseum? <laughs> sorry, I'm not trying to be crass. I just thought that was more of like gladiatorial things. And All right, so number seven, persecution, repression, slavery. So this category, there are places like Easter Island. Easter Island. That's not some place I associate with persecution, repression, or slavery. I generally think of the big head things they pull out of the ground. Why would you not associate Easter Island with those kind of things when the island was victimized from like 1860s-ish to like 1863 and it killed like 94% of the people that lived there? I did not realize that. I always think of... And then when the people came back after that, they brought smallpox with them and killed the remaining population. Oh, well, that's always good for a people. Yeah. So there's Eastern Island. Then there's the Jewish Museum in Berlin, the Life in the GDR Museum in Berlin. And when I was doing this research, by the way, there are a lot of museums in Berlin I need to go to. I decided that. There's the Slavery Museum in Liverpool, the House of Terror in Budapest, and the Leprosy Museum in Norway. Okay, I'm just going to say that a Leprosy Museum in Norway seems just kind of strange to me in a way, because you would think that it would be colder up there and that it would not have spread as much in Norway. Does cold have to do with spreading? You know, I don't know. I would think so, that people would not be all huddled around together one i suppose that the population density oh so if it's cold people aren't going to huddle around each other to stay warm no i'm not saying that i just don't think of the cold mountainous like 
freezing kind of climate in Norway to be a place where there's going to be like huge population density spreading disease like that. So you think people in Norway don't do anything around other people? I, mm, of all the places where leprosy like went rampant, I just think it's interesting that that is the place that has a leprosy museum. Yeah, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying, I don't think that there's people around each other in Norway because it's cold. Well, I just didn't think there'd be as many people there. Like, if there was an outbreak. You of think there's, like, nobody that lives in, Nor- in Norway? You think nobody lives there? <laughs> All seven people in Norway. No, I'm kidding. No, I just thought it would be a different place. I'm pretty sure the museum is there because that's where a doctor studied leprosy. To help. Again, I don't know what the historical geopolitical climate was, but it just seems, again, strange to me that you would have the concentration for Europe and Norway. Right, because according to Jay, no one lives in Norway. I'm not saying no one lives in Norway. It just seems like with a warmer climate down south and things going on, and you know, you have. All right. Well, if any of the 5,432,580 people who live in Norway listen, I'm very sorry for Jay saying nobody lives in your country. It's not what I'm saying at all. To all the people of Norway, my bad. (laughs) So that brings us right next to number eight on our list. Prisons, detention, and torture centers. So there is Port Arthur in Tasmania, the Red Terror Museum in Ethiopia, the Deportation Monument in Paris, the Leper Colony on Molokai, the KGB building in Riga, the Blood Road Museum in Norway, Hellfire Pass in Thailand, Alcatraz in San Francisco, which is the number three destination by popularity, and Ellis Island in New York. Ellis Island as a prison detention or torture center? I mean, it is a detention center while they stopped to let people into the country, was it not? Uh, I mean, I guess... But doesn't that seem more of a place like, okay, we're holding you to your paperwork clear. It's not like. But exactly. You said it right there. You're, we're holding you. Detention. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> I also, some of these like, why would you? Did you appreciate the leper colony on Molokai? I because did. At least and I was not going to touch it because if I'm going to bring anything up about it, it's going to be coming in on number nine on our list. Concentration camps, death camps, Nazi sites. And the Holocaust. So these are a lot more known, and a lot of the things that you think about more when you think of dark tourism, it was actually one of the first things that came to my mind. So there's Dachau in Germany, the Ninth Fort in Lithuania, Auschwitz in Poland, which is number two by popularity, the Anne Frank Center in Berlin, the Riga Ghetto Museum, and Anne Frank House in Amsterdam, which is number nine by popularity. Yeah, so I haven't had a chance to go to a lot of these. I have been to Auschwitz, is it Birkenhau, and then to Auschwitz too. That's, I don't know, 20 minutes drive away. Number 10 on our list, revolution and resistance sites. Okay, so this one didn't really sound super dark touristy to me, honestly. But when I looked into it, I can see it. So there's the Army Museum and Napoleon's Tomb in Paris. The Resistance Museum in France, the Anti-War Museum in Berlin, the Roads to Freedom Exhibition in Poland, 
the Museum of Contemporary History in Moscow, the Apartheid Museum in South Africa. But I think a lot of those would be really fun, just like the Holocaust ones. There's lots that are really interesting to me that I would really like to go to those. Not necessarily fun, but fun for me because questions and answers, hello. But Yeah, no, yeah. You, you I just, those. those are pretty interesting on those ones. No, I, I, yeah, I think I'd have a lot to go on all the directions. All right, so number 11 on our list of 45, just kidding, not 45. Number 11, World War II sites. That would include things like the D-Day beaches tour in France, the Spy Museum in Berlin, which I really want to go there, the Pacific Aviation Museum in Pearl Harbor, I've been there, and Hiroshima, it, which is the number 10 most popular by... I can only imagine what Hiroshima or Nagasaki would look like as a museum to like the post-bombing. I'm not sure it's necessarily a museum, but it's still a site that you can go to. Ah, fair. I have some sand from there. From Hiroshima? I think so. It's black. I'm pretty sure it's from there. Huh. Because I always tell my friends when they go somewhere cool to get me the coolest thing that they can find for under $5 or something and like a piece of money. And... Um, they were like, well, this was free, Courtney, so it was the coolest thing I could find for under $5. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Under $5 reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. Coolest thing you can find. You're going to get some silly. I know. I had a friend who went to the Philippines and brought me back <laughs> a wooden penis whistle. Sounds about right. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number 12 on our list, post-World War II, Cold War Iron Curtain sites. So these ones have places like the Minuteman Missile National Historic Site in South Dakota, the Berlin Wall, and Checkpoint Bravo at the Berlin Wall, which is number sixth by popularity. From this whole research of everything, I've learned that I very much need to go to Berlin. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of history, especially you talk Cold War, spy games, all that stuff. I think Berlin was huge for that. Yeah, so after this pandemic is over, we will probably have an episode at some point all about Berlin because I'm going to go. All right, so 13, missile launch sites, bunkers, atomic bombing, nuclear installations. So that includes visiting places like the nuclear bunker in Prague, the Berlin Underworld Bunker Tours. That's like top two on my list of things I need to do when I go to Berlin. The Churchill War Rooms in London, Bunker 42 in Moscow, and Greenbrier, West Virginia. Sounds like a good time. All right, so this is a long list. Number 14 on our list, Industrial Disasters and Wastelands. So this was the other one that came up when I very first was like, okay, so dark tourism, it would be like Auschwitz and Chernobyl. So I did reach out to a tour guide at Chernobyl to see if they would be interested in being a guest on the show. That'd be awesome. Because I also wonder, like, if you're a tour guide, if you can only work there so long or so many hours in the day so you're not getting radiated. I think I think there would be a limitation, just like there is with, like, ex- people that do x-rays and stuff. They can only be exposed to so much radiation in a time. Sorry, I can only work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because after that I have to stay home and isolate. And then there also is Butte, Montana. Probably one of the few tourist things in Butte, Montana, I would imagine. I don't think of too many things going on in Montana. 
Okay, again, I apologize, all listeners who live in Montana. No, I'm not saying it For Jay that. saying nothing happens there, just like Norway. I just remember traveling through Butte, Montana, and this was, oh, Lord, 10 years ago, <laughs> and it was 42 degrees below zero. I, I wasn't feeling much for traveling that day. So, again, Jay says it's cold and nobody lives there. I didn't say no one lives there. <laughs> don't, don't get the whole country mad at me. I like. Well, I mean, you already made all of Norway mad at you, so. I just remember that when I was trying to start my vehicle in the morning, that it took me literally ten minutes to get it to turn over, and I almost killed the battery starting it, and it didn't. Well, that's because you're supposed to put like a heated blanket on your engine at night. I was driving through. Well, you're supposed to have a heated blanket over your engine. Before that, it was in Arizona and it was 90 degrees. Why would you drive from Arizona to Montana? Where are you trying to go? Because I was moving. To Montana? So I went through the Midwest and then went across Montana to Washington State. So you went from Arizona to the Midwest to Washington? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems very indirect. Well, I was visiting. And, oh, by the way. Yes, ma'am. It is, it is one of the largest national historic landmark districts in the United States. Butte is? Yes, with nearly 6,000 properties. That are all just like museum. Registered and- places. And it is also home to Montana Tech. No shit. Which is a university. So apologize to Butte, Montana, please. I'm sorry, Butte, Montana. I didn't realize you guys did so much going on. It was also the location of a mining disaster, which is why the dark tourism part of it a lot more going on in butte than i realized there's more than cold weather in butte montana number 15 natural disaster sites environmental disasters and volcanoes so these are places like yellowstone wyoming volcanoes national park in hawaii and pompeii so i'm trying to when yellowstone went off was there there wasn't a large human toll on that one was there like i know pompeii got caught like the entire city got caught off guard and people were just frozen in time for lack of a better term but i know yellowstone destroyed the landscape but i don't remember it destroying people okay so on the website that i've linked where it has the darkometer rating and everything it is rated a one with a potential of a 10 because of the potential that it has to erupt and destroy the united states basically oh right because the ash fallout would cause like crops and stuff to die and then people yes because apparently it's due for another eruption that was like technical term of super gigantic or something like that yeah because it's a super volcano super gigantic super califragilisticexpialidocious kano so now i have to ask because it's in hawaii have you made it to Volcano National Park? I did not, and I'm very mad about it. I I really wanted to go, and like I said, I did not get the opportunity to go to any of the other islands. So Volcano National Park is on Big Island, and I lived on Oahu. So I did not actually get to go to that island to see the volcano, and I'm mad about it. Did you call it Big Island? Yeah. Isn't that Maui? Right. No, Big Island Big is one? Hawaii also known as Big Island. And then there is Oahu and Maui and Kauai. Never been to Hawaii. Yeah, so I did not make it to Big Island when I lived there. So 16, 
wrecks, ruins, and ghost towns. Now, some of these are also on other parts of our list. A few of the places overlap in other sections, but again, we have the Ninth Fort in Lithuania, the Colosseum in Rome, the Leper Colony on Molokai, and Centralia, Pennsylvania. A ghost town in Pennsylvania? What? So that one, I'm kind of curious as to how that makes a list on the Darkometer. Had you have done your research like I so nicely reminded you the last three days to do, (laughs) you would not be so confused. Okay, so I'm convinced that Centralia, Pennsylvania is the basis for Silent Hill. Because it's the one that's had the coal fire burning underground since 1962. Is that in Silent Hill? Yeah. Remember, there's like the fire that's always going. I don't remember because I've never seen it. So, no, I don't remember. So, it's Darkometer or Darkometer. Which one do we want to call it? Darkometer, I guess. Darkometer sounds good. The Darkometer rating is a five. But, yeah, it just, I think I remember this. Like, they put it out and then it came back and they put it out and it came back and they just realized like it was going to burn forever. Like, basically, until the coal's gone. It'll keep burning. There's nothing they can do. And it has it has been smoldering since 1962. Isn't that crazy, though, to think of a coal fire that's been burning for, what, two years shy of 80 years? No. Sorry, 60 years. Bad math. Bad math. Sorry about that. But still, <laughs> 60 years of a coal fire. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's not super developed for tourism and stuff. It's not a museum or anything, but it is a destination for dark tourists but it's to go super to. Smoky. Maybe it's a gateway to hell, which is why it never goes away. Well, that just took a turn. Well, you name another fire that's burned for 60 years. So Burning Mountain in Australia has been burning for 6,000 years. What is burning in there? Coal. A 6,000-year coal fire. Yes. That is nuts. So there's the other half of it. I wonder if those two are, like, placed over top of each other. Excuse me, what? Whoa. Whoa. Like, if I were to draw a line through the earth, if burning... Burning... What was the name of the one in Australia? Burning Mountain? Burning Mountain and Centralia, Pennsylvania are, like, a line. Are you aware of how a globe looks? Yes, as a round ball. Are you are you aware of where Australia is on the globe? Opposite the United States. No, it is not opposite the United States. It is not opposite. So you don't cross the entirety of the Pacific Ocean to catch Australia. No, you don't cross the entirety of the Pacific Ocean. And it is not opposite. Okay, not truly opposite. As in it's directly on the other the, side. I'm curious to know what the relationship is, though. Oh, you're thinking way too damn hard. So if you dug a hole straight through the earth in Centralia, Pennsylvania, you come out in bet- in the middle of the ocean in between Africa and... So you come out the Indian Ocean? Australia. Now we're going to know how you did that. Although I do feel like you'd go through Australia or Hawaii if you were to go over land between Centralia and Burning Mountain. But you're not going over land. You're going straight through the earth, and it's on the other side. It's not by Hawaii. Oh, no. no. 
Oh, I, I agree. I'm saying that if you were to fly, though, I think. Because I'm looking at a flat map, obviously. But, but we're not talking about flying. You said if you dug a hole through the earth. Oh, yeah, because I'm talking about hell portals at this point. Yeah. So maybe we should find more places and see if they all line up in some kind of weird. Or maybe we should go to the next section. <laughs> I'm getting all dark in this dark tourism business. All right, so number 17 on our list, underground dark sites. And there were a bunch of overlaps in this one, and I left some of the overlap out, but it included places like the Third Man Tours of Vienna's sewers in Austria and the War Headquarter Tunnels in Malta. Okay, so I get the War Headquarters Tunnels. Why would I want to tour the sewers in Vienna? I'm guessing they're not active sewers anymore, I'm hoping. Well, Jay. (laughs) Well, Jay. Had you done your research, like I had told you to, then you would already know the answers to these questions. But since you did not, I am more than happy to let you know. Please do. (laughs) I'm not sure why you're giggling. Because I want to know. I want to learn the things. Did I not tell you? For three dang days. But whatever. Anyways, so a lot of people take the guided tours to go into the underworld of their sewers because they were famously used in filming the movie The Third Man. So help me with The Third Man. It is a 1949 movie. I like it. I'll link the movie so you can watch it. Oh, I can watch the movie. Yeah, I will link that so you can watch it like you were supposed to during the research. (laughs) And... There are, I guess, rooms under there that are connected by corridors and stuff. And part of it has still the dirty water and is smelly, I assume. So you're paying money to walk through a sewer. That was once. Well, it is called a sewer. It is called a sewer tour. But then you go through it and there are lamps and stuff hanging and they do a history of the sewer and everything and then hmm yeah i don't know you're gonna have to sell me on the the sewer part but there was a movie there maybe the movie's good movie's really good i'll have to go see it maybe (laughs) coming in number 18 last but certainly not least other dark and weird places so that one is of course more fun for me because you know i like the weird but it has places like Dracula's Castle in Romania. Need to see that. The Vatican and the Famine Memorial in Dublin. Okay, the Famine Memorial in Dublin. Okay, that one that already kind of makes sense as to how it made the dark tourism place. The Vatican? Are you kidding me? You don't see how that fits? <laughs> Not offhand on the dark tourism piece because of what kind of like the weird historical kind of like i don't know called censorship but things that are just going on that are crazy and the cloak and dagger of the vatican is that what kind of makes it the i mean we're comparing dracula's castle to the vatican in this case no we are not comparing these are not comparisons they are things that fall under in the same way and so you realize that the vatican has been like throughout history correct what do you mean? Like it's been like it has existed throughout history through lots of things, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. There's also a cemetery there with tombs of 
several popes. Fair, yeah. Because the first pope was there, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. It's supposedly, yes, it supposedly has the grave of the founder of the church and the very first pope so there. St. Peter, then, yeah? Yes. I know, I know that place has got... So it has that, but then there's also the just the amount of time that it's been throughout history and the power that comes from that place. Because of the power that's come from there, there's been you know war and devastation around the world, even though it hasn't actually happened in the Vatican, but it's been there. And then it's got you know the secret rooms and all the other stuff that we don't necessarily know. But, I mean, this is the same place where people decide that birth control is sinful. <laughs> and now we're getting political. No, no, there's definitely a lot. Yeah, I know. I'm not getting political. There's nothing political about that. I'm just saying, if this is the place where people have decided that you should not take birth control because that's a sin, what else has been decided there that might be dark history? Oh, there's probably, I'm, I'm sure the Vatican has its secrets. I mean, the fact that the catacombs are open to the public and have never been published, I imagine there's things in there that would not go well if they were released to people or to the mass. Exactly. So it counts as a dark tourism okay. site. It's not overly dark, but it counts as a dark tourism. Okay. I, I'm, I'm following you now. Just initially hearing the Vatican is a dark place. It seems kind of weird, but the history of the Vatican and that place in general, I, I get it. So now that we've covered, I think, like near 100 different places on the list for dark tourism, some of them super popular, some of them a little more obscure, all around the world. And we've, I think, run through a hundred questions. Let's 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 find out what are the things that you just need to know. Well, I mean, I answered a lot of my own questions on this one, but I had when I first started out and I heard dark tourism, I started doing the research on it. I just wanted to know things like why you would want to be a dark tourist because, like you, at first I was like that sounds weird, but then I realized I might kind of be one. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and then I wanted to know why these places became tourist sites, which I answered in a lot of them as we were talking the same way with what the point of going to them is and the whether or not there were different levels of dark tourism. So really, the only thing that I still am kind of questioning is if it's wrong to be in a tourist in places that lots of people died. And what exactly is the difference between being a dark tourist and someone just interested in history? I mean, apparently not much. We talked about that a little bit earlier, and I think I got you on a rant. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I think of it as the history, and I think most people are in that boat too. And maybe there's only a few people that are really there. Like, I just want to see death, but I don't think that's the norm. But I don't know if that even makes you a dark tourist. I don't know. All right. <laughs> you need a good definition there. Like darktourism.com. Tell me the actual line where you cross it to be a dark tourist. Yeah. I also wanted to know if there were different levels of dark tourism. Like if everything was the same or there was some that was maybe just a little bit lighter than others. And there definitely is. There's the very dark, not just using the darkometer, but there's the very dark and then there's the lot lighter ones as well. What if there's different levels of dark tourists too? You can get a I'm sure that there is dark star rating. I'm sure there is like the people that are more into only dark tourism, the darkest of the dark, and then the people that are you know interested in other parts of culture, 
tourism and they're just also interested in dark tourism as a whole. All right. So I know you've got a lot of questions and as I'm learning, sometimes you have answers too. I do. I know things. I've only been telling you this for 25 years, but anyways, so dark (laughs) tourism gained academic attention in 1996 because of the exploration of the fascination with sites associated with assassinations. But the term only became more of a mainstream topic recently. Good to know. Right. And before that, it was called things like grief tourism and stuff as well. It wasn't always just dark tourism. Huh. I don't know. It had a lot of names. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Even more than the academic attention in the 90s, visiting places associated with death has been happening for much, much longer. So Romans would travel for days to watch gladiators at the Colosseum. Public executions were a family day out activity during Victorian times. The sites of Jack the Ripper's murders became tourist spots. And wealthy Parisians used to go to concerts in the catacombs. The last one is the one that gets me weird. Yeah, they had like concerts and events and all kinds of stuff in the catacombs. I mean, I guess there's probably good acoustics down there, but just build your own concert hall underground. But, and you'd have to be extremely wealthy to go to these concerts. So dark tourism has been around for a very long time. So much so that even during the 18th century, asylums would open their doors to the public for an extra source of income. They would give walking tours of the institutions and let people just pay to stare at the residents. I'm sure that was good for the residents. But there's a spectrum of the darkness for tourism, which we talked about was one of my questions. And it ranges from sites associated with death and suffering to sites of death and suffering. Makes sense. The darker sites tend to have a more educational element where the lighter sites are a little bit more commercial when it comes to tourism. So there's that respect there that if it is actually death and suffering happened here, then there is an educational purpose to it. Yeah, no, that makes sense kind of. The whole don't let this happen again piece. Yes. And my absolute, this isn't necessarily an answer more than just a don't do it, but do not take selfies at your dark tourism sites. Okay. You want to take pictures of things that happen and put them on Instagram or whatever. That's fine. You want to take pictures of the museum. You want to take pictures of, oh my gosh, you guys won't believe that. That's fine. But don't take pictures of yourself. Like, look at me. I'm at Auschwitz. Or don't take pictures of yourself. Like, look at me twerking in the catacombs. Just don't do that. That's not cool. Who's twerking in the catacombs? I don't know, but they need to not be doing it. Oh, man. Anyway, I think that is all the time that we have for today. So thank you so much for hanging out with us while we talked about bald eagles protecting freedoms from surveillance state. America. People shooting themselves in the junk and the darker sides of tourism. If you have answers to any of my questions that went unanswered today or have some killer questions of your own for us to explore in a future episode, please head over to our website, coesquestions.com, and let us know. And since you enjoyed hanging out with us so much, even if I didn't do all the research for the last three days. Any of the research. (laughs) Any of the research. Don't forget to subscribe, like us, drop those five stars, give us a review. And if you're a dark tourist, leave that review. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, and we'd love to know what your favorite sites are, too. So please send me messages if you're a dark tourist. We will be back next Tuesday to hang out, question everything, and maybe learn something cool along the way.